Good evening, friends. Welcome. Welcome from near and welcome from far. Let's begin by enjoying three sounds of the bell. Body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness, I send my heart out along with the sound of this bell. May all hearers awaken from forgetfulness and transcend the path of sorrows. begin by sharing my screen. You all see that okay? So I'm sharing a picture of an Enso. And this is an Enso that was drawn by Thich Nhat Hanh. An Enso is a circle that represents a single breath. Starting at the bottom, in, out. And our practice is a lot like an Enso. The, the Enso starts, the brush is filled with ink and it moves around the circle and as it moves around the circle it leaves less and less ink until it reaches back to where it started. And our practice is like that because we're, we're like that brush at the beginning, we feel a need to really leave our mark on the world. But as we move around the circle and come back to where we started from, we don't really need to leave that much of a mark anymore. It's also like our practice because we start out with what we think are the basics. And then we move around the circle thinking that we have to get to something more advanced but we continue around and come right back to the basics and realize that the beginning practice and the advanced practice are exactly the same thing. We're sitting, we're walking, we're breathing, we're using gatas at the beginning and at the end. So we come home to where we began, to the basics. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, is some of the basics that we return to, that we've also begun with. Well, it's that phenomenon like an Enso, where we begin thinking that it's me sitting and me walking. And we come around the circle until we arrive back home at sitting and walking without a me that does it. 
just like we've unburdened our brush with the ink, we've unburdened ourselves with the idea of a separate self. So this month we've been uh, having a theme of, I have arrived, I am home. And we've talked about that in several ways. And today the way that I want to talk about that is with gatas. And this, uh, I have arrived, I have home, comes from a gata itself. It's from a poem that Tai wrote. And it's such a simple, simple poem. It could have been written by a third grader. It has such simple language. But it would be a mistake to think that it's simple because it's very, very deep. Tai has distilled the whole of practice into a simple gata. I have arrived, I am home in the here and in the now. I am solid, I am free, in the ultimate I dwell. So how did we and Tai come to work with gatas in this way that he could express something so profound in a few lines? It's a beginning practice because it's what we do at the beginning, but it's an advanced practice because it's what we do all the way through. And our most advanced practitioners use them all the time, all day long, every day. Well, what is a gata? You may not even heard this term, G-A-T-H-A. -A. Looks like it's gatha, but it's pronounced gata. These are just simple phrases or poems about everyday activities. And we have gatas for everything. Literally everything that we do. Washing our hands, eating our food, using the toilet, looking in the mirror, you name it, we've got a gata for it. If you go to the monasteries, there's gatas hanging on the trees, along the pathways, there to remind us. I don't know of other traditions that use gatas in the way that we do. It's a, it seems to be a, a very special gift of our Vietnamese Zen tradition. So we're really blessed with these. So a gata is this simple phrase or poem about an everyday activity. And the purpose of a gata is to change our mind. Gatas change our mind. Our minds contain countless, innumerable mental formations just filled with mental formations. And almost every activity that we undertake in our daily life has a mental formation associated with it. We might not realize it, but it does. So for instance, when I brush my teeth, if I don't use my gata, I am seldom present for brushing my teeth. You know, instead of being present for the miracle of these teeth that I have, instead I'm lost in my mental formation about brushing my teeth. And I'm doing it exactly the way I've always done it for years, mindlessly, not paying any attention to the act of brushing my teeth, 
of caring for these precious things that work so well in my mouth and give me so little trouble. So the gata for brushing my teeth changes my mind. It changes my mind by bringing me back to the present moment and bringing me back to the awareness that I'm brushing these precious temporary teeth. I might not have these teeth in a month or a year or a decade, but right now I do. And as like Tai has told us over and over again in one of his stories, he, he reminds us to be aware of our non-toothache. And so I have all these non-toothaches that are working beautifully. But without the teeth brushing gata, I overlook it. I need to change my mind. So the gata for brushing our teeth, brushing my teeth and rinsing my mouth, I vow to speak purely and lovingly. When my mouth is fragrant with right speech, a flower blooms in the garden of my heart. So that simple gata changes my mind from rote mindlessness to attentive purification. It, it turns an everyday activity that I might ignore into a transformative activity. It changes my mind. So let's talk about gatas as a beginning practice. It is a beginning practice. And the reason it's a beginning practice is that when we enter practice, our mind is on autopilot. It's not here. And in addition, our mind believes that all of those mental formations that, are, that we're on autopilot with is me. That whole bucket of mental formations is what we confuse as being ourself. So we need gatas to snap us out of this. They work really well. And they work really well because they're little koans. They're little koans that transform our habits into awakening. When Tai was a, a novice monk at 16 years old, when he arrived at the monastery, he was given a little book of gatas to memorize and responsibility of caring for the animal that the, that the monastery had. And he spent two years simply memorizing those gatas. That was the whole of his practice. That's what his teacher gave him. Now he's told in stories that he thought that that was not the real practice. And he was really looking forward to getting the real practice. You know, instead of just memorizing this little book of poems, what could that really be doing for him? And in that story, um, 
goes on because uh, when he finally is called by his teacher to his teacher's room, to uh, the teacher wanted to give him a task to give. He was so excited that he finally got something real from the teacher instead of these gottas that when he, when he got the task, he ran out of the room and slammed the door behind him. And the teacher brought him back to the room and asked him to close the door mindfully. And I want to share a screen again because I want to show you a picture of that very door. Where is that picture? Hold on a second. I'll find it. Hmm. Just a second. I'm having a little bit of trouble. I think it's here. There it is. Okay. So that's the door right there. That's the very door to his teacher's room that Tai slammed mindlessly that was the root of the mindfulness practice that he brought to the West. No door, no mindfulness practice in the West. <laughs> really fun. I so feel so lucky I got to go see that door. So it looked like these, these gatas that Tai was given were a basic beginner's practice. And in one sense that is true, because he needed to change his mind. But let's also recognize that the gatas are an advanced practice as well. And why is this so? Well, this is so because awakening is not some permanent arrival. We don't awaken and then stay awakened, right? It is only in this moment. You know, our ego wants to think that we're going to climb up this spiritual mountain and we're going to arrive at the summit and we're going to become awakened and then we're just going to sit there blissfully enlightened for the rest of time. That's the, that's the ego's idea of how it all works. But the reality is that awakening is only awakening for this moment. Awakening to what is in front of us right now. And right after that moment, our mental formations want to reassert themselves. And they're going to take us right back to our chronic suffering again. So even the most serious and seasoned practitioners and our tradition use these gatas because our nature is to be both awake and human. To be non-self and a self. Our human selves need gata practice to continuously bring us back to change our mind. How do we practice with gatas? We have them, but what do we do with them? I like to think of gatas as koans. And koans are questions without permanent, durable answers. When you, when you answer a koan, they're answered in the present moment for the present moment. 
They're not something that you answer, just like awakening. It's not a, that you grab in this moment and you apply it to all future time. So gatas are like that. They transform our awareness in this moment, not for another moment. They're not test questions that we answer once and then, then discard because we have the, the certificate. I, uh, yeah, okay, I've done that. I've done that gata. Now I can, I can put that on my resume and, and, and forget about it. It's not like that at all. There are things that we live with again and again and again, and they are rich and opening themselves to us all the time. For example, um, when I come into the meditation hall, every time I do, I recite the gata for entering the meditation hall. And the gata is this. Entering the meditation hall, I see my true self. As I sit down, I vow to cut off all disturbances. So I do that every time that I come through the door. I stop at the door, I take off my shoes, I bow to the altar, and with my full attention, I give myself to the gata. And the gata gives itself back to me. What I mean by that is that it gives itself back to me because as I recite it, insights and questions come up that I didn't know were there with the gata. So over time, uh, here's some of the things that have, have come up for me. So with the first line, entering the meditation hall, well, what is it to enter the meditation hall? Does that door really divide this meditation hall off from something else? What does that mean? So I wonder. And in the second line, I see my true self. Well, one day I said, well, wait a minute. Who, who sees this true self? Who is that? Or the last two lines, as I sit down, I vow to cut off all disturbances. What does it mean to cut off? Is anything really a disturbance? Who's disturbed? So the, the reason I'm bringing this up is that um, that gata doesn't have fixed answers. It keeps practicing me. It keeps opening me up to deeper and deeper insights every time that I use it. The point isn't to answer the questions that come up, it's to be the questions. To be beginner's mind rather than this set of mental formations that put me on autopilot. I could just as easily bust through that door kick off my shoes and walk to my meditation cushion with my mental uh, formations and train of thought completely undisturbed, sit down on my cushion and spend a half an hour thinking about what I'm going to buy at the grocery store. But the gata interrupts that and changes my mind. I'm so happy to have it.
So what I suggest we do is just like what Ty did when he was a novice monk. I suggest that we begin memorizing our gatas. So in order for the gata, in order to be available to the gata, the gata has to be available to you, right? It doesn't. If if you have a book of gatas on the bookshelf, it does. It, they're not available to you. They're trapped away. So memorizing them makes them available to you. So that as you go through your day and you realize that you are picking up your toothbrush, the gata is there. Or when you are stepping out of bed, the gata for getting out of bed is there. Or starting your car, the gata for starting your car is there. Otherwise, it's not available to you and you're not available to it. Now, I, I don't think we have to spend two years memorizing a whole book of gatas like Ty did. Uh, that would be wonderful if we did that, but it doesn't seem very realistic. So what would it be like for us to do something a little more manageable? How about we begin by memorizing a few gatas? Just a few. So here's how I have worked with memorizing those gatas, and you might also enjoy doing it this way, although you may have your own ideas that are better. So what I've done is, first of all, I've written them down. I've chosen some that, that jump out at me, that say, oh yeah, I really want to practice with that, and I write it down. So I've often written on a sticky note, and I put a, a sticky note. I've got a sticky note right here on this little table in front of me. I've got another sticky note with a gata right on the altar right there where I light the lamp to remind me of that gata. I've got them on my bathroom mirror. I've got them on my dresser. They're all over the place. Um, years ago, when, when Malia, my daughter, was I think probably about the third grade or so, uh, she's 28 now, she um, wrote a bunch of gatas out for me on cards. And then um, her mom had them laminated and she gave them to me for a gift. So I still have some of Malia's little gata cards that are, that are around. So that was an, that's another way to, to do it that's really fun. So once you've written them down, then what I try and do is I read them and I work to memorize them every time I see them. And I don't make a big deal out of it. I just read it until it naturally is part of my self, naturally part of my mind. And then the next step after we memorize them is to actually use them. Because memorizing it isn't enough. Mental formations are very powerful and they do not want to be changed. They do not want to be changed. You know, your, your ego mind believes that you are this bucket of mental formations. So your ego feels very threatened by being changed. So even memorizing these things aren't enough because your ego is saying, no way, buddy, I'm getting extinguished here and I am not going to change. So I have to use these things to change my mind because it's going to push back. So we can make a vow to use the gata every time you engage in a certain activity. You make that vow. Every time I'm going to do this. 
For instance, for me, one of the things I do every time is when I put on my brown jacket, I recite my robe gata. How wondrous is the robe of a monk. It is a field of all good seeds. As I receive it, I bow and vow to wear it lifetime after lifetime. I recite that every time I put on my brown jacket. The gata only benefits me if I stop and recite it. It doesn't do me any good if it's just written down, or it doesn't do me any good if it's just in a book or on a piece of paper. I have to make the vow to recite it. Okay, so let's review here. I've covered a lot of stuff. Gatas. Gatas are simple phrases or poems about everyday activities. And the role of a gata is to change our mind. And gatas are a beginning practice because it's hard for practice to make any initial headway against all our mental formations. So we need gatas at the beginning. But we need also gatas in the middle and at the end if there ever is an end because our habit energies remain through all the stages of practice, at least the stages I know. And then to practice with gatas, these are koans without permanent answers, and we can memorize them to make them available to us, and we can vow to use them every time we engage in that activity. Um, we have a list of gatas that you might want to, to um, use, and it's in the resource section of the Anacortes Mindfulness Community website. And the name of it says uh, Anacortes Practice Gatas. So you can go and get it and download it. It's a PDF. And what I've done is I've taken the, the list of gatas that uh, Thai would have learned from, and I've sort of pulled out the ones that seem pertinent to our everyday life. And, and made a list of two pages or so of, of little gatas. So you might want to use that list and, and pick out three or four, something like that, that you really feel like, oh yeah, I really want to, I really want to transform that. Maybe it's washing your hands, maybe it's uh, eating a meal, whatever, whatever strikes you. And then begin practicing with those, writing them down, memorizing them, making the vow to use the gata every time you do that activity. And then simply enjoy. Enjoy the change of your mind. Let's enjoy a couple of sounds of the bell. You know the gata for listening to the bell? Listen, listen, this wonderful sound brings me back to my true self. So maybe you can recite that as I invite the bell. Listen, listen, this wonderful sound brings me back to my true self. <laughs> 